Welcome to the seventh edition of the Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad Podcast. I should say lucky number seven. Number seven was worn by one of the greatest quarterbacks in Mac history. Of course, we're talking Bruce Gradkowski and Brian Jones, who played defensive back when we were there. I'm Ryan Brandt, Rocket Ryan. I am joined, as usual, by Pat Jillick, PJ Thriller, as we like to call him. And of course, spinning the dials over there is the one, the only, Kyle W. Smith. Good evening, everybody. And this evening, we have a special guest in-house with us, one Doug Spidal, former player, current Toledo resident, and... All-around good guy. All-around great guy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Doug, of course, played on the football team back from 86 to 89. He was a four-year letter winner in those years. Defensive tackle, two-time All-Mac, led the team in sacks in 88, Doug, welcome to the show. Brought to you by Coors Light. Cold as the Rockies, as that 24-ounce can says right there in front of you that you had already consumed. Which, yeah, somehow or another was empty. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, but no, hey, thanks, humidity. For, thanks for, happen, uh, for having me. Uh, obviously, it's good to see uh, both you and Pat. Uh, uh, really appreciate uh, having me on here. Okay, let's talk about your, uh, your days at the University of Toledo. You know, you were a young fella from... Greenville, Ohio, right on the Indiana border. Don't mind cracking it. Yeah, yeah. Doug's gonna try a Bush Light, and uh, yeah, <laughs> we like latte. to. Yeah, we like to uh, crack some beers here on the uh, the podcast. But anyway, you came up from Greenville, and you know you came from a town of about what ten thousand people. Yeah, you come to a big three hundred fifty thousand city, you know, 350,000 population city. How, how was that transition? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously it was, it was a lot different. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, growing up, um, yeah, we lived in the country. I mean, we didn't, you know, we had to drive 45 minutes to get to the city in the big city, which was, was Dayton, was Dayton yeah. at that point in time. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was certainly, it was a transition for me. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, athletically, you know, we, we were a triple a school at that point in time. I mean, I think Greenville's like division three, uh, you know, as a, as a benchmark, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was different. I mean, it definitely was different for me and it was an adjustment. So what was it about UT that, that brought you here? Uh, was it recruiting? Was it the site of the campus? Was it, you know, you know, I, I think it was a combination of a, of a lot of different things It it, you know, 1984, uh, Toledo won the Mac. You know, they went to the Cow Bowl. So, I mean, you know, obviously we saw them on TV and watched them uh, at the Cow Bowl on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, that was number one. They were, they were winning. I mean, they had a great program. Uh, Coach Simrel, um was, you know, the, the, the head of the, the, of the team. And I, certainly I liked him as well. And, uh, you know, Toledo at that point in time had seven Fortune 500 companies. And I was interested in going into business. Um, so it seemed to be a pretty good you know transition and that's kind of what they sold us on or sold me on it's like hey you know yeah come here and play and there's business there's opportunities that are available to you outside of you know athletics and that was important oh yeah that's absolutely great foresight to be able to you know look at the future beyond football because not everybody's going to end up in the nfl no absolutely i mean i I think we always approached it i mean football wasn't uh, a means to an end okay and and we had you know, a lot of fun and it was great and I wouldn't trade any of it, but, uh, you're right, Pat. I mean, <laughs> you can only play for so long and, and, and there's a very, very select few that, that can make it to, to the next level. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I would have loved to have done that, but you know, that's just, it's not, that's not reality. And, um, you know, needed to 
focus on, you know, academically, you know, what, what would fit me going forward. And, and Toledo was the best fit for me. And tell us a little bit about what you've done academically since then. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, uh, I've got a, I've got a bachelor's in business from Toledo. I have my MBA from Toledo. I've got a JD. I've got a law degree from Toledo. I'm currently practicing law in Toledo. I've been doing so for about the last 25 years. Um, so I'm a practicing attorney. Um, you should be pretty good at it after all this practice. I, I, I need a lot more. Trust me. <laughs> so it's safe to say that the town grew on you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I'm sure like most, most of us, I would have never expected or anticipated that I would still be in Toledo. Um, but, you know, here I am uh, 25 years later and, and it's great. I, I have no complaints. Uh, you know, I've raised my, my, my kids here. My, my family's here. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been wonderful to me. It's been a, it was a good decision. Uh, and I've been extremely fortunate. Okay, so you redshirted in 1985. 1986 was your freshman year, your redshirt freshman year. First game was on the road, and it was a pretty big game. It, it was a pretty big game, yeah. My my first game was at Florida State. And, yeah, I mean, I, I can remember, and it's it's vivid. I mean, we're sitting underneath the stands, and that's when they had Deion Sanders. I mean, prime time. They were a top ten team. I think they were a top five team. I mean, they were good. Chip Ferguson, I believe, was their quarterback. They had Sammy Smith at tailback. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Coach Simmer would not bring us out before the horse and the Chief Osceola. The Chief Osceola yeah. throws a spear. Throws a spear in the ground. And we literally are underneath the stands, and you can just hear everybody pounding on the on the stands and and hearing the chant. The Tomahawk chop. The yeah. Tomahawk chop. And we ran out after Chief Osceola threw the spear. And it was, you know, one of the probably one of the best feelings I think I've ever had in my life to run out of the, you know, to run out onto the field at that point in time. So it was better than running out in the stadium at uh, Troy or Pickwar Northmont. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very similar. <laughs> yeah. But just a slight edge. Just, just a slight. Same thing, yeah. only different. Right. Right. Well, none of them had a horse. Or, That's true. Or, yeah. Uh, I mean, the horse makes the difference yeah, was, every day. Was, and the flaming spear. Yeah. Yeah. So the flaming was, spear. It kind of kind of sets in your memory. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I think you know any any athlete when you're when you're growing up, I mean, you, you like to envision yourself in, in those kind of environments, and and that was a and it still is. It's a wonderful college environment, and you know, you just you can't replicate those kind of things, and it's 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 pretty cool. Of course, the following year, you guys go down to Miami, give the Hurricanes a scare. Just a couple months later, they win another national title. It had to be a cool feeling. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, we when we played Miami, I mean, in the Orange Bowl and in, in you know South Florida, and at the end of November, it was uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, we lost the game. You don't like to take any moral victories from it. I mean, at the end of the day, you 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 either win or you lose. But uh, it was it was still it was a lot of fun putting and, a charge in them and had to be a nice feeling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, we. Uh, as a team, we're pretty amped up about it, and I don't think that uh, Miami was really too concerned about us. I, I think they played Notre Dame after us, um, and I'm, I'm sure that they spent most of their time preparing maybe for Notre Dame and not typical trap game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, that was that that, that was our season at, at that point in time. And of course, you know your your senior year, the year you're your captain. You and George Lindberger were co-captains that year, 1989. Had a couple of Big Ten games at Wisconsin, at Indiana. Anthony Thompson, runner-up in the Heisman Trophy that year. I mean, so in your four years of, of eligibility, you played against some pretty good talent. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, yeah, we, we would go on the road and we would play, you know, at, at that point in time, they, the, the teams weren't coming into the glass bowl. I mean, we had to go on the road. Um, but that's, I mean, those were the games that we wanted and that's the games that, you know, it, it's when you sell people on a program and, and you can say, we're going to go play Wisconsin, we're going to play Indiana. We're going to go to Arizona. We're going to go to Florida state. We're going to go to Miami, you know, all right, let's, let's play the games. Um, because, you know, I think we, you know, we all think that we're capable of beating those teams and, and we can play at any of those places and, and we, we showed that we could. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then. Of course, right after you leave and we leave, we leave campus. All the expansion comes out. They get a football complex, and we have a beautiful press box and 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 uh, suites, and we have the indoor facility, um, which has made Toledo a, a destination. And it shows throughout the last several years that the MAC uh, top recruiting class has been Toledo. Uh, just talk a little bit about how that was for you and dressing it at, at Savage Hall or at the health ed building. And yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, when we, when I see, you know, I mean, coach Simmerl sold all the recruits on the fact that, Hey, you're going to play, you're going to play in the new glass bowl. And I mean, it, it didn't start with me. It started with guys from 1981, <laughs> two, three. I mean, and, and unfortunately, you know, we all went through the program and never got in the new glass bowl, but the facilities at Toledo, was not the draw. I mean, you know, we, as you said, Pat, I mean, we dressed in Savage Hall, which at the, at the time was Centennial Hall. And we, before the games, would walk through the parking lots to get to the game. And everybody's tailgating. We're walking through there. Um, Stop for a beer and a hot dog. Yeah, and yeah. People would be... Good pregame know, meal. Yeah, yelling at you, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, we would... Uh, halftime, we'd be in one of the towers. Uh, and folding chairs. I mean, the facilities were not anywhere what they are today. I mean, and the people that played at Toledo back then, I mean, we weren't there for the facilities. I mean, it was the people that were there that, that, that drew us into the program and the fact that they won. Right. You, right, you, right. you know, and that makes sense because, you, you know, Toledo, you're in a, an urban environment, you get the fans. And, and that's, I, I think, the thing in the MAC that you can't put a, a, a big enough emphasis on. I mean, Toledo supports the teams. And when you come to the games, even back then, you see the stands are full and you, people are excited about it, They're excited about Toledo football. And and that, as an athlete, as, as a potential athlete, you're like, yeah, hey, I want to play in front of that oh, as yeah. opposed to playing in front of, you know, a thousand people in, in Akron or, or wherever it is. Right, right. So bringing us up to current day, after you said sometimes it's time for a change. Are we at that point? As a former player, are we at that point in UT uh with with Jason Candle? Well, you know, and I you know, I don't know. I mean I don't really I don't I'm not involved in the program. I don't I don't, I don't break down the film. I, I did see a stat where I think over the last thirty eight games were twenty and eighteen. Um, you know, obviously fans aren't happy with that and you know, conversely the the coaches aren't happy with it and the players aren't. I mean, it's, that's no fun to put in all that time and work. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the person to, to comment on that. I will say this. I mean, most of these games are won at the line of scrimmage. And I think offensively, we're just not playing physical enough. And mm-hmm. that's usually, you know, with coach candle, that's been one of his capstones. I mean, we've right. had some physical offensive lines and we've controlled the line of scrimmage and, you know, for whatever reason this year, it doesn't seem 
as though we're doing as much of that. Um, I think the talent's there. Um, but again, you, you don't win the games on paper. You got, you still got to play them. And, and right now we're just not getting it done. And right. it's, it's disappointing, you know, as a fan, as I said, I mean, it's, it's much more disappointing uh, for a coach and or player. Cause right. again, they're, I mean, they're putting that's, in the time. That's their life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it almost kind of reminds me back when you were, were there with, with Ron Curtis as the defensive coordinator, defense was always tough. Yeah. Offense always struggled. And that's basically what's going on this year. It is. I mean, it is. And I think historically, if you look at the MAC, um, the best teams, when I say the best teams, the teams that end up uh, winning the MAC usually have the best offense or the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the talent level from the interior lines should be fairly similar. And that's, you know, it's, at some point, you just you got to make it happen. You, you know, you just, you got to get it done. And we're not getting it done. Um, you know, can't sugarcoat it. I mean, the results are what they are. It's not, it's not good enough. Right. Right. So yeah, we're, um, you know, one game past the halfway mark. We're at three and four rockets this week have their toughest test in the Mac, at least on paper. And this is a team that, that beat Pitt, who's only lost one game this year and ranked in the top 25 Western Michigan comes to town three thirty on, on Saturday. Um, it's gonna be a tough one. But this is the time. Do you think a win here will be the thing to get them up over that hump and maybe get the ball rolling in the right direction and and yeah. get us to a bowl game? Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I and, and I think this is. You know, I don't like to say there's ever must win games, but I mean that you're in that area right now where you kind of need the W. Mm-hmm. You're in home, um, and you know we can't afford to lose another home game. I mean, you, they lost to Northern. Um, We've lost to Colorado State. I mean, you're supposed to win the games at home, and right now we're not doing that. So it's yeah, it's it is a critical game, and obviously at three and five, I mean they've got their work cut out for them. But you know, they it's not that they can't do it; they certainly can. Um, but you know, you got to play it. I mean, they they got to come out and, and show it. All right. So in your mind, as as a former player, does does revenge carry over year to year? Uh, you, or, or not really? Uh, well, you know, I would say not really. I mean, it might until the first play, but but you can't. I mean, yeah, it's very difficult to you know sustain that at, at the point. You know, you can be revenge motivated, but once the game starts, then it it it's that that goes to, out the to door. The, out the door. Yeah, I mean, it's more about making the plays and and. Being every every snap, right? I think I know what you're alluding to. Last year, last when, year with the with at the end of the game when they did the <laughs> fake snap, and and that pissed a lot of people off. I mean, as rightly it should, but we weren't aware enough to to make accommodations in that situation. Right, right, yeah. And I mean, again, I guess you give Western the credit because they made the play. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's a game that 99 times out of 100 you win. Right, right. I mean, we had yeah we had no business losing that game, but. I guess you tip your cap to to Western, and I mean they made the plays. And we yeah. didn't. I mean Western comes in uh, all, uh, fresh off a win over Kent State, where they won six, they won put up sixty five points on on Kent State, and uh, I think the matchup with their offense against our defense is going to be key. Uh, their quarterback had three hundred seven yards. They had two hundred forty yard receivers. Uh, one running back on hundred sixty seven yards. And their secondary running back had 65 yards. So this this team can move the ball, obviously. I mean, Kent State has some problems on defense this year, although they're leading the MAC East. 
So I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a critical matchup that the Rockets have got to come out, and I, I think this is a turning point for their season, obviously. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's it's a great test for the defense, and I mean, those as a defensive player, those are the things you look forward to, right? I mean, you want to be challenged, and I mean, and they're going to be challenged. Now, how does Doug Spidel watch a game? Because I know Keith Dunbar, he's always watching that line. Is that what you do as to do as well? I, yeah, I, I watch more of the interior guys. Because really, if you watch what's going on in, in the interior, you can know what's. I mean, you you can see what's going to happen if they're running the ball, whether it's going to be successful or not successful. I I kind of focus more on the box, you know, the the seven guys in the box, as opposed to I don't really pay much attention to the, the back four. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, they're they're overrated. Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's what I like to watch, and and to me, that's I mean, that's how I I've always watched film, and I broke down film and and pick up tendencies. I mean. Uh, you, I can watch stances of the linemen, and you get a pretty good idea whether it's a pass run, uh, what direction they're they're looking to go mm-hmm. I mean, from those kind of things. So feeding off of that, are you seeing that UT? I, I heard this on a on a previous uh, preview for the game that UT's offensive line is standing up and backing up instead of instead of initiating contact, and and the question was why isn't UT throwing more more uh screens wide receiver screens running back screens so the lineman can move left and right and slide instead of instead of standing up and backing up yeah i mean we've always run a lot of screens i mean for a while there geez we were running bubble screens to the left right i mean center screens and we were running a lot of screens and yeah for whatever reason we haven't done uh as as much of that um and and i don't i, I don't know why that is but you know, obviously they feel that, uh, you know, it's like anybody else to run in plays that they think are going to be successful. They're not running plays because they don't think they're right, going to work. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you have to execute. And, and at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. Um, obviously coach candle, I mean, they, I mean, they've run the plays, they've made these things work offensively. They have been very good before, but for whatever reason, they're not executing. And, you know, ultimately that comes down to, to both coaching and the players. I mean, it's on both of them. And I, I think they both probably accept the responsibility. Sure. But but what are you going to do about it? Right. You know. Time to step up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's Yeah. I mean, you, you can talk about it all you want. But at the end of the day, sometimes you got to get it done. Yeah. Okay. So over all the years, we've seen a lot of guys make it from the midnight blue and gold to playing on Sundays in the NFL. Based on what you've seen so far this year, I mean, I know it's been a disappointing year so far. Who are some of the guys you think that possibly play at the next level? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't. Um, again, because I don't really break down the film. Um, You're too busy watching the line. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Judge Culpepper's been playing well. Oh, yeah. Um, the Honorable Judge Culpepper. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. And uh, is it Bryce Anderson, the center? I mean, initially they, they said – Bryce Harris, yeah. Bryce Harris, I'm sorry. But, yeah, I mean, so they have, they have players, they have talent. But, you know, it's when you start talking about the NFL, I mean – from what I've read, I mean, there's there's no one that's been forecasted to be a potential draft pick. I mean, you might they're going to get you know some of these guys are going to get some tryouts, but right, um, yeah, I think Tyson Anderson uh, will get some looks. I think Sam Womack will get some looks, and one of the surprising young players on the team who uh, is is Maxon Hook, who has come out from game one. He he blocked and he blocked a punt and returned a punt for a touchdown. And he has done nothing but progress and kept himself in the lineup, even after after Tyson Anderson came back. Yeah, he's actually a leading tackler now. Yeah, and uh, just a, a freshman out of East Palestine, Indiana. And he uh, has great potential. Yeah, he does. And he was at the downtown coaches this week, and 
good kid. He seems like a nice, uh, humble young man. And uh, I guess he comes from a football family. His dad was a coach and player and everything like that. So he's uh, – It shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very, yeah. very fiery. So, you know, um, now let's go back to go back to, to college real quickly. Not on the field, but off the field. What are some of the best memories you had? I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of bars like they did down at OU <laughs> or down at Bowling Green. But we had a lot of fun, didn't we? We Out had there we, on, yes. on Bancroft. Yeah, oh yeah, we had a lot of fun. Sure, we had. Uh, well, we had the pub. You know, everybody right. had their pub mug. Everybody the had pub, their pub mug, and they could go and see Love by Millions Love and, by, and Jenny right. Pounders on on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Charlie's Blind Pig. Oh yeah, um, the Stein pitcher. I mean, yeah. So I mean, there were places. Yeah, I mean, we obviously we all frequented in the same places because, as you said, we didn't have a whole lot of options. Um, and for the long time, I didn't even have a car. So I mean, right. I mean, I lived right up the street from there, so we could walk there. So it was perfect. Right, right on Montebello there. Yeah, Montebello, that's right. It had to be a lot easier going down than it was coming. Yeah, up. yeah, oh, yeah. That, yeah. Up that hill was rough. Yeah, the stumble home was was, was a little <laughs> yeah, tough. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because there was you had to go over water. You know that right. bridge, that bridge. You never know what was going to happen. That's so. right. Who was going to be down there? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, to this day, when I when I hear um, song by Tom Petty. Um, Hey baby, there ain't no easy way out. Won't back down. I think of the pig. I think I remember people screaming at in there. That and uh, salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Well, yeah, the big oh. one was uh, yeah, Love by Millions was Rosalita. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Rosalita. And Drew, Drew Chambers. Chambers. Yeah, used to sing my, along. my old roommate. Yeah, loved Rosalita. Yeah. So I used to see Love by Millions with my buddies. Like every time they played in town at the OT or at, or at, or at uh, you know, the pub. Yeah, and the OT, yep. Yeah, of yeah. course, that's gone too. Burned the down. original. Yeah, the uh, original yeah. OT. Yeah. There is a new OT. Yeah, that's right. Owned by Fremonter. Perry uh, Jacobs. Perry Jacobs' son. And son, uh, Zach. Zach. So. And they have the original sign from the original building. You know, I asked if it was the original. They said no. They, they got a new one, but they made it look like Oh, it. my God. It looks, it exactly. looks identical to the, the old one. Yeah. So, But, you know, the one thing I remember about, about the pub. You know, you had your plastic pub mug, pub mug. You go down there, and beer was fifty cents. Fifty cents, mm-hmm. and then they changed it to sixty. So instead of having two beers for a dollar, then he had that. He had to find that extra dime, and it was a real pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, but Jenny, what are you gonna do? Jenny Pounders were seventy five cents. So that's true. <laughs> that's true. Wasn't that your girlfriend's nickname in high school, Jenny Pounder? Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, she was. She was well received by many. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One thing, also the thing I remember is up at Angelo's Attic, they had the oh, yeah. plastic, the paper cups covered with plastic, 85 cent, 24 ounce dress. Yeah, they're like 24, 32 ounces. They were yeah. huge, yeah. yeah. Boy, that was beautiful. Many a class were blown off up in Angelo's Attic. Right. <laughs> exactly. Third, exactly. Thursday nights, they, they had, they'd have bands up there. Oh, yeah. Right. And then they had the pizza and beer specials. Oh, was... yeah. I remember, uh, yeah, I remember that well. No, say, you tell, no, tell you me. no, you don't. No, you don't. I'm ready to say how I had to run back to the bathroom after eating Angelo's pizza. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and then they got brought... white pants on one time. Jeez. <laughs> Let's go back to your tie story from the the blind pig. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a good one. Here, we might as well bring that up since we have we have like another minute or two. So. Right. We we talked about this in an earlier podcast. I think you might have been there that night at the at the pig. When were you not there? I mean, you well, used to exactly. get mail sent there. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> but uh, Tigers had a press tour down at uh, the Toledo Club, and so Pat and I got dressed up in our suits, went down and interviewed the Tigers. They had an open bar down there. And then the Mudhens had a deal where they introduced uh, John Wackenfuss as their new manager. They had dollar sixteen ounce drafts. So by that point, we go into the 
pig. And it wasn't even 8 o'clock, I don't think. We loosen up my tie. <laughs> and I go to the bathroom. I piss all over the bottom of it. Kim got it for me for Christmas. So that later that night, I lost it in the parking lot. Came back a couple days later. There it was, all stiff as a board. Took it to the dry cleaners. Got it spotless. And then I should. Then I told Kim the story. So and I still have the tie. So I was going to say, and you kept the tie, still right? Oh yeah, I still have it, and I used to wear it on on the air at my I, all three of my stops. I'm somewhat offended you didn't wear it tonight, but I know, <laughs> I know right? That and a smile, right? <laughs> oh, good lord. Well, on that note, look at the old time on the wall there. We better uh, should we wrap this up? I mean, Kyle W. Smith, he's got to get his uh, beauty rest. Yeah, we can't we can't deny him his beauty rest. Yeah, he needs a lot of it. No offense. <laughs> He's the guy that makes it sound good. I better, you know, yeah. make it up to better, him. Yeah, I better treat him well. Give, him, right. a, give him a bottle of margaritas. Yeah, I, I can find one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I uh, want to thank you, Doug, for for stopping over tonight and and rehashing the old days with us and, and talking with us. And it's been great to have you. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thanks. So as, as always, it's great seeing you guys. And uh, thank thank you. It's been It's been fun. All right. And, and, and go Rockets. And go, go Rockets. T-O-L. There you go. On behalf of Pat Jillick, also known as PJ Thriller, not to be confused with CJ Spiller. I'm Rocket Ryan. We got Kyle W. Smith spinning the dials over there. We appreciate you listening. Have a great week and go Rockets.